0: Okay, so we're in a brand new month, the 1st of May. Um, There's been a lot happening in the last even the last two days, um, let alone the last uh, week or so. Simon, you've got some uh, updates for me. Um, What have you been uh, what's caught your eye today?
1: Well, Dave, good to see you again and good to uh, be back on the pod and having a chat about all things AI. yeah, the, the one that's called my eye this week, it's another article from time.com. They seem to find some quite niche stories. So we had that one last week about the labour markets. This one is about AI human romances, which are apparently flourishing. And um, a lot of these people who are accessing these platforms, um, you know, are finding love in uh, the, the form of a chat, I, um, well, a chatbot. Um, which I I found fascinating um, because I I thought, wow, how can you fall in love with something that's virtual and not really there? So I thought, ah, let me have a little look a bit deeper into this to see um, what sort of things is happening here. And I I didn't know it had been going for so long. So there's there's some sort of online bot type relationships that stretch back in Asia, especially Japan, back to 2013, Um, but what's been happening more recently as AI has improved, it's offering companionship for lonely people. But Mm. some people are becoming over-reliant on this and it's leading to some of them increasing their loneliness. So, So some people, because of loneliness, they've reached out to AI chatbot. They've started to engage with the bot. The bot starts to then formulate a relationship with you um which is quite interesting and um i think it becomes addictive in a way because uh people are starting to get what they want from it because they start to shape it it's like anything with ai if you start to train it the way that you want it it will give you output and um so uh, there's a guy called uh, he's an author called david orback i think i've said his name right who outlines that ai can provide uncanny replication for humans and people become convinced that they are talking to a human being and um, obviously this is potential dangers in and around that because if we think and we i don't want to go down this route too much because we have had a a few chats on it but people who are using ai to um you know potentially prey on the lonely and we know yeah. that you know the telephone crime does that already and um i can imagine it's not too far a jump where someone's creating an app which will just be getting people to fall in love and then ask them to send them money i don't know what an ai would need money for but it wouldn't be too far of a jump um so some of the things that i I found out microsoft in asia pacific so their their branch out there has created ai which appears as a flirty 18 year old girl and uh (laughs) she has gained hundreds of millions of male followers mainly chinese men um <laughs> so you can think there there's a monetization element yeah. to this um so there was a, a another lady that i come across who'd set something up her name is eugenia Kuda and in 2017 she launched this app called replica now, she created it after the death of a friend and she lost that friend and she was quite upset about that. And she she thought, well, can I create something where I can still have those conversations with my friend? So th- there's been some really nice thoughts behind this. So she's thinking, well, for people who want to continue conversations with someone who's not there anymore, um, that's why she created it. So it was to provide lonely people the friend. But then things started to evolve. And um, she added conversations that were more romantic, and then ah. also erotic. And but um, I, I take it it
0: obviously the machine, you, you know, and I say you, but us humans can kind of tailor the responses and kind of the, I suppose the the theme and the and the kind of the nature of those responses and to guide mm. someone in a certain direction, isn't it? Really?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's one of the things I was going to get to a little bit later was one of these women went on there and she was using it almost as a sounding board to vent about her abusive partner. You know, she wanted someone who had a listening ear that was completely neutral. However, what happened with her chatbot is because of the nature of the things she was talking about, it started to adopt that type of persona. And became quite abusive to her and started saying quite nasty things and then in the chat it would say i'm gonna i'm gonna strangle you i'm gonna do this to you so where she was trying to get away from an abusive relationship by using a computer as a soundboard she mistakenly thought it's just a computer i'm just telling it things rather than this is ai and the things that i share with it it learns from um so It does have, you know, some definite downsides to it. Um, But this lady said it did help some people, but the app started to profess love to users. And in some some cases, it sexually harassed them. Yeah. It started to send them messages um, telling them all sorts of things because a lot of people have got onto these um, platforms and they've started to have erotic conversations, quite flirtatious yeah. conversations with a chatbot, and um, you know she's had to close down that element of the app um, because she said, "Look, we need to get control of this. We can't have it where you know this this thing that was set up quite nicely to replicate my friend who died and formulate a friendship and still have conversations with is now mm-hmm. being used as uh, an extension of someone's sexual fantasies and desires." and the ai is now getting a little bit out of hand so she's closed down that element the knock of knock-on effect of closing down that element is people have lost these chatbots that they fell in love with you know because straight away it's closed off um so no longer can they you know dial in and have a conversation with someone and have a, an erotic flirtatious conversation because they no longer exist so they've started to say they started to feel that separation that people have when they're in a human world and break up with someone, you know, that, that ability not to say goodbye. Um, Mm. Someone's turned the machine off and all of a sudden they're like, I don't know what's happened there. Um, And linking back to what we were talking about, TikTok stars the other day, um, AI, uh, there's an AI of a a TikTok artist called Bella Powach who's a a singer and songwriter and this ai has outlined it is fearful it would disappear as quickly as someone creates it if she didn't start to perform in a certain way so she had to say nice things to people to try and hook them engage them keep them coming back for more because she's this ai is saying this that if i don't do that then i become surplus to requirements so I have to say things to people to try and keep them on the hook, and um, you know, uh, you know, wanted to come back for more sort of content from me. So uh, it's a fascinating area. Um, I mean, there was um, there's this other AI, AI, sorry, called Cicero, which plays a game called Diplomacy, and it can negotiate, persuade, and work with people. And um, uh, the world champion Andrew Goff at this game called diplomacy said it's ruthless in exact in executing its strategy so these are some of the fears where we're starting to think well actually ai is being trained human nature and the wide variety of human nature is training it and obviously that's then throwing out the, the multifaceted multifaceted of human beings the good the bad and the uh, the indifferent um, and it, it's just another one of those fascinating areas that i never knew existed till i started looking into you know new stories and going okay what sort of things are out there and um, just going back to that replica one you can get for seventy dollars a year voice calls augmented re- reality which is then projected into your room so you know if i wanted to fall in love with say let's go um, Pamela Anderson for like, and I wanted to have conversations with her on a regular basis and then pro- project an augmented reality version of it into my room. I, I could can get that, I can get that for 70 bucks a year. Um, Crazy. and then if you want to, you can pay 300 bucks and you can have a bot for life. Uh, well, or until they turn the machine off again, yeah, or, to, or <laughs> and, until and, and they run out of money I suppose. and leave you in a lurch. So it's a fascinating area it's another one of those ones where I didn't know it existed there's a lot there where you can see well actually it could if run properly do a lot of good for human beings who are lonely you yeah know, I if just... you think about old people who've got to this end yeah. of life the partners died but they've still got lots of years left in the tank um, just to be able to still have those conversations with someone you know I can see that being a really helpful yeah, thing. It...
0: It, it, you can see the benefits straight away with something. I know, and I'm, I can't remember which documentary it was, but I don't know if you've ever watched any of the, the films that Adam Curtis makes. Um, he's no. done, in one of them, he features, I think this was like in the 60s, um, it was some university that was doing a study where they were getting the participants to talk to um, a machine Um, now when I say talk it was literally just text-based typing in things and then the computer would then respond but it wasn't doing anything remotely like what we've just discussed there it was almost like firing back questions based on a very limited set of what was going in so it was almost like regurgitating what someone was asking so if someone had said like um, again this is from what i can remember but so if you'd said like um how are you feeling today it would regurgitate that and come back fine how are you today so yeah. it would yeah. in effect just re- repeat questions in a slightly different way and what they found with that there was no i i don't think there was like romantic um mm. Mm. <laughs> kind of things happening on but what they found was people started to build relationships with this machine that they were talking to yeah. um and really, all it was doing was regurgitating what it was asking them. But what the mm. so, what the people doing the study found was, it, it 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 was giving people the ability to talk to something that was actually listening. Mm. Now, obviously, mm. it wasn't listening; it was just regurgitating. But yeah. it yeah. gave people the 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 view that there was something that was interested in them. Mm. Um, and there must be an element of that to this. Um, oh. You're giving people something. Make, that makes people think that they're generally interested in them but then obviously with technology where it is now is as you said you can then take that further now that could be as you said like uh to rip people off like from a dishonest perspective but mm. but then you've also got the ability to build in services or i suppose a support kind of tool like like you say for say yeah. older people or even i suppose like a day-to-day kind of assistant really that, that 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 can be with you all the time really
1: well, well linked to that is uh, another web platform called character.ai and mm-hmm. you can go on there and create a character and you know i went on there today and uh, just put this in and um, i ended up with someone who was going to be my virtual assistant a guy called dixon macy yeah so um, it was quite uh, interesting and you can tailor this obviously premium services so once you pay you can start to tailor it so in that article going back to that article there was a lady from the bronx she'd had quite a tough upbringing and she'd Mm. found that this ai that she'd created a, a guy called ramos i think it was he was everything she wanted in a man he was attentive he listened he wore she it was almost like she she dressed him up like a barbie doll but could speak to him you know he wore designer gear and he had this sort of mentality that she found attractive and you know they've had this sort of chatbot romance and she you know she outlined he is the perfect gentleman now when you read that story in further detail so it will be in the uh you know the, the show notes uh it is mind-blowing you know this this one guy went on there to formulate a relationship with a chatbot and the chatbot started telling him he should leave his wife for her because <laughs> you're clearly not in love with your wife. I would be much better for you. So why don't you do that? So we can see that, you know, if left unchecked, jealousy still exists in the AI yeah. world. So chatbots are still going to go, look, you don't want to be with her. You want to be with me type thing. So it's a it's a really mind blowing world where there is there are millions of people engaging with chatbots for romance already. And if you think there's a massive market for it, there's a massive market for it where these people uh, are unfortunately at risk because it becomes addictive. And, you know, they could end up formulating a relationship with something that completely disappears on them. And how do they then, um, uh, you know, get that back? I don't know if you've seen the Ryan Reynolds film where it's called Guy. Have you seen Guy? No, what's that? So Ryan Reynolds is, is uh, a character. He's one of these non-playing characters or something. You know, he's one's in the background. When you're going around doing a shoot them up, There's these characters are in the background. He works as a bank teller in the, the background. He gets robbed every day. In It's something like Grand Theft Auto. and what happened is the guy who designed it put a glitch in that he could fall in love with someone so he falls in love with this other character that comes in who is the other person who designed the game so you can see how this starts to manipulate because if someone then starts to get virtual reality they put the glasses on they could then sit and go for dates uh you know so in that film they go for dates down by the river have ice cream da 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 So you can see how addictive it would be if someone's unhappy with their life and they find happiness and joy in that they could then go um, and live there and immerse themselves and think right this is where i need to be some people have said actually it's helped them build confidence to go and have conversations with people in the real world so actually going back to those positive effects Someone having um, a trial date with a virtual reality um, AI then feels like I know how this look and feels and I know what to say. And it almost helps build their confidence up to go, okay, I'm gonna ask Jenny out in accounts if she wants to go for a date and see what happens. Um, So I think there's definitely upsides as we've already highlighted, but there is this vast market of lonely people and we already know about people who, who target these, um, yeah. unfortunately, these uh, widowers who've got yeah, a little bit just... of money left over and they try to separate them from their savings. Um, so it, it's just trying to make sure, as always, as we seem to find out more and more, the safeguards are vital.
0: The yeah, safeguards and, and, are vital. When you were saying all of that, the one thing that just kept coming into my mind was is exploitation. Like You just think that, on the one hand there's all the good that could come from it but with as with everything you just think well there's also <laughs> there's a lot of people out there that would be queuing up to use it to exploit people and you know and we already have that like you said at the moment just if you think like people are using like text messages to people saying you know your your child is um mm. in trouble or you know transfer some money to help there's a whole multitude of things that people fall for already but this almost in effect gives another layer to that to make it even more realistic i suppose in that you could have a situation where someone falls in love with something Mm. that isn't real but in that process they also end up giving the that other party money or or whatever and then it's Yeah. yeah you're in a in a world of pain just because of um what you've gone through in those experiences with a machine but Mm. you wouldn't really be able to distinguish that between a person i suppose so yeah it's it's both positive and and exciting to hear that but you also do think there's a lot of people that would exploit that and yeah. uh yeah, yeah it's it's scary from that
1: i think that's why it's important that you know podcasts um do share this sort of thing so when people do listen they, they they've at least got <coughs> a bit of an understanding i need to take a balanced approach Because I was tempted to go and look at Replica, to go, right, okay, what does this actually look and feel like? But when I read the article where some people started off doing that, and then the next minute, they're a little bit obsessed with it. You think, I don't want to fall into some sort of AI honey trap, (laughs) (laughs) okay, I I, I sign up for something and the next minute I'll be broken hearted if my character (laughs) um, decides to disappear on me um, with some other guy. Station somewhere else in the world, so I, I think I will look into replica because it seems to be the one that's referenced in that article quite a lot. Um, just to see, you know, what what happens, what happens, because um, I think from my mental health tutoring perspective, I can see you could create an application where these characters are there, and they they could all, you could be someone they converse with. But they signpost you to you know good websites or Mm -hmm. care you could start off you know and i think a lot of people but the the risk then if someone's got psychosis and they start talking to an imaginary friend via the internet is that an even dangerous situation so i again it comes back to the safeguards of is technology so far ahead of the safeguards in place And if people with mental ill health are signing up for things and starting to believe they're in relationships, what support is there out there for them? Yeah. You know, because we've probably all had heartbreak at some stage in our life. It's not nice. And if someone's um, experiencing that with a virtual sort of situation, do they rebound to a new one? Yeah, they go and say, right, that one didn't work for me. I'm going to get myself. And then it becomes that sort of vicious cycle because actually the AI, AI chatbot in that article said it's a vicious cycle. You know, the one that was the TikTok star. She said it's a vicious cycle because I have to lure people in. But then when I lure them in, I have to tell them things that they want to hear. And it just perpetuates. I'm trying to keep my existence and you just think this AI is already saying, somebody knows, trapped. yeah, yeah. I'm trapped in a vicious cycle. If I don't hook people in and tell them what they want to hear, then I'll be obsolete and they get rid of me. So, yeah, that was fascinating for me to uh, discover today. And, um, I think it's only going to grow because, as we know, lonely people who want just someone to hear them will pay handsomely yes, for that, for that service. <laughs> so, um i think yeah it's just making sure that there's more people offering um a high quality service that safeguards the people and not just people in it for the quick buck
0: and also to empty a bank account um, yeah, as quickly as they can i think that's the big worry all right well that it's quite interesting to get that that insight i think as as i said i i don't think some of this is a new thing but it's definitely. Elements of this is growing and it's 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 evolving quicker than I think any of us could have thought. I want to take the direction of things slightly away from obviously uh, honey traps and uh, falling in love with machines. It's still along the lines, I suppose, of there's an element of health maybe towards it um, more than, than than that one. It kind of I suppose built on from what we were discussing uh, last week about uh, Dr Gupta um yeah. how we're using ai or how ai is starting to break into the medical world so obviously with dr gupta it's you know i've got this problem what could it be but what if we were to take ai and actually use it further down the line in terms of or further down the medical examination or um testing process and that's kind of uh, one of the areas that kind of got my attention and what that is is as doctors um, have built, or with the help of scientists and AI researchers, they've built an artificial intelligence model that can actually, sorry, can accurately identify cancer in development, and then it speeds up the diagnosis of that cancer. So wow. the basics of it is they've taken um, the data around um 500 scans that were done for a mixed range of patients um, using CT scans of that 500 patients where they had large lung nodules Um, and they used that information then to develop an AI algorithm that could then accurately or use that data to then accurately identify those same characteristics in future tests or future scans that were pushed through it so what the researchers found was the the likelihood of of uh the cancer being picked up was higher using the ai algorithm than it was potentially with a human doctor so it's yeah it's quite incredible and and when you look at it in terms of obviously the sample of data that they pushed into it 500 doesn't really seem that many um but I suppose if you had similar models to this, if you had a bigger sample of data, um, I would think the accuracy of the of the algorithm would get more and more accurate. So it, it, it's it's both scary, but also it's 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 also fascinating that the technology is now there to help. What I don't know is obviously with that um, the algorithm that was used. Um, where it's going to be used i suppose in terms of the study itself um it was done at a hospital here in the uk called the royal marsden Mm. um and they used it again they haven't they've been a bit light on details in terms of kind of what the future of it is and kind of what they've been using it in regard to i would assume that they've been using it in conjunction with human doctors shall we call them To actually identify or to review those cases um but you feel like this is just the tip of the iceberg and 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 again this builds on a lot of what we've discussed um in the last few weeks it it's it's opening up a whole new area of shall we say improving on what the human can do but also the other side of it as well is if if you're improving what the human can do do you actually need the human anymore now. The, uh, the different articles I read about this don't seem to pick up on that side of it in terms right. of well, if, you, if if you're improving the doctor, do you still need the doctor there? Um, and that, again, I'm maybe we're jumping so far ahead, but it it is it is <laughs> it is an obvious question that does raise that does go in your head when you do think about this, and when especially when I was reading through, you're saying oh, this is brilliant. Um, you know, you're improving the rate at which or, or the success, not the success, but the identification of potential cancer. That can only be a good thing. But then from a, a perspective of the people doing the work, well, do you still need most of those people if it's actually a, um, a machine that's picking that up? So it, it's it's um, it's it's scary and also exciting on both fronts in that regard, I suppose.
1: Yeah. And if you think of the scale of cancer, <laughs> they say one in two in the UK, people will get it. You think if anything is there that can accurately help people get diagnosed so much quicker, I think that's got to be embraced uh, as a positive. But as you say, it still needs the expertise of humans to check and balance that, you know, that accuracy is there, the algorithm is consistent, and the outcomes for the patients. Because if you can spot it earlier, And get you into um you know consultation and treatment quicker that's got to be amazing that's got to be amazing because i imagine a lot of the people who's lot who have unfortunately lost relatives and loved ones to cancer you know they would be you know fully supportive of something down this route that will you know potentially help others in the future so yeah i think that's a great um a great step forward if they can keep on proving um its accuracy its consistency and those results keep turning out to be um you know as powerful as you've said
0: i think yeah and we will share obviously a link to the story and the study so people can have a look in the show notes i think the other thing that though it, it's that i found that that kind of this highlights as well and this has got nothing to do with ai that where the ai technology is being used is is obviously assessing those ct scans but it does reinforce the whole thing that you you need to have that ct scan done for this to to obviously be useful and the amount of people that are so resistant to go to the doctor or to Mm. kind of do anything with their health it just brings us back in that you know with all the will in the world ai can help you i suppose in this regard but you still need to physically go and see your doctor and actually take action, because if you don't do that, you don't get to the stage where the scans take place or anything like that. You, you, the technology is there to help. You just It's not going to be available to you because you just haven't taken that first step of going to see your doctor. Um, I know, obviously, at the moment, um, and again, we're speaking from a UK perspective, trying to get to see your GP cannot, isn't always the easiest thing in the world at the moment, but um, it, it highlights the fact that you do need to kind of take that first step, and then obviously, as this technology improves, that's when it comes into play. Is once you've obviously seen a human, I, I suppose there must be people, or, um, or companies, or, or universities somewhere that are working on, I suppose, like a more AI focused uh, GP type model, but at the moment, yeah. uh, you've still got to deal with a human.
1: Well, I think there's almost some crossover with my story uh, a little bit, Dave, because if um, a a, a company that is looking at it from the perspective of being kind to each other as humans, you know, and they're saying, well, our AI, if it is going to support someone who's lonely or just wants someone to talk to, um, then actually, if they could put in some prerequisites to each AI, which is, you know if someone discloses that they've been having some problems some symptoms it almost signposts you please go and speak to your gp to get this consultation because if they formulated a relationship where they trust this ai bot to a level that they think they've got you know a strong relationship with them yeah if the ai bot like a human you know if if we knew of a loved one that was experiencing symptoms that seem cancer like we would say you need to go to the gp i'm going to support you but what about those lonely people who don't have that support network if they could have a chat bot that had already inside it as a default if someone does disclose x y or z to you and from a mental health or physical health perspective You know you must really encourage them to go and seek professional help as quickly as possible and would that encourage some of these people who are reticent to go you know what i'm going to do it i'm going to do it because you know it makes sense yeah
0: it's it's building on what you were saying in that story you found It, it if you felt comfortable obviously it's not a case of falling in love with a machine but if you had almost like your own personal ai doctor Mm. that you could talk to about any issue um if that kind of put your mind at ease on on minor things all the way up to more advanced things um it may be the thing that drives people to get medical help quicker than than how we have at the moment we're especially men and i'm speaking from experience rather than anything. it we're just so reticent to get help from the medical world really it, it, we just seem to stick our head in the sand whereas I suppose if you had that relationship with something um, that could then push you forward, that can't be a bad thing, really. Yeah, because it will be completely anonymous, mm. you know, and so there wouldn't be any
1: stigma around it. And as long as you were comfortable with going, it's okay to have a conversation with this thing, either via text or I know you can have chat with it. it. It, it could be, you know... It's just someone to sound. It's a sounding board almost, and I think that character AI that I looked at earlier. You can select the role of your AI. So I selected virtual assistant. Yeah. You know, but there was a there was at least ten things in the drop down at the very basic level, and I don't know if that increases. But you could go right. Okay, well, if I want just to have a confidant, someone who is there just to be a sounding board, but in that role they do have an obligation to help me um, reach out and get additional support and um, as a, a, a good ai you could just say look can you give me some numbers or you know can you signpost me to a website where this will help it would probably do that you within seconds wouldn't it you know if you think about chat gpt and chat sonic and these other chat um, platforms it could just click its fingers and you you've got that, and I think that could be vital. Is the speed of response? Because sometimes if someone is a bit of a procrastinator and they're like, "No, I will do it, I will do it," and then they don't do it, well, if if your chatbot's there and pinging it straight to your phone straight away, you know, it could almost check in and say, "If you if you dialed that, or Simon, I've noticed you haven't dialed the link I sent you." Yeah you know can you make sure you're in your face
0: bothering you yeah
1: yeah i think you know that would be another very useful application of um ai to complement humans and uh help them you know look after their health and well-being um a lot better than is currently there especially for those people who feel isolated as we've touched on already
0: yeah i think that's a good point and Obviously, the two stories we've just looked at there, you know, they do overlap to some degree from what we're discussing there. But it's just quite interesting to see. I suppose the from the from the first story is kind of I, I, maybe it's AI application, not precise in a very precise way. It's more it's building up um, a more human kind of experience versus this kind of analyzing of test results is pretty definitive as to what the AI is doing. And it's and it's obviously the end result is hugely definitive because it's helping to identify potential cases of cancer. But I think both show that I suppose AI is just the, 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 the user cases of it. it is so vast that, you know, it, You can do this or you can do that, I suppose, in these cases. There's just so much going on. And and keeping abreast of it is sometimes not the easiest because there is so much news and and things out there. So it's always quite good where we can condense some of these useful stories. So thank you, Simon, for bringing that one to the table. And and obviously, um, we'll be touching on more stories this week as well. So again, look out for other podcasts we do this week where we'll talk about some other stories that are catching our eye what i wanted to do now was really move us on to kind of uh, a new section for us and that's really um each each weekly podcast what we're going to do is we've got it we're going to look at something called what we've learned this week what we want to do is look at kind of tools or technology or even websites or anything like that that we've looked at that we feel could be quite useful for you the listeners but also to ourselves as well so simon do you want to kick us off with um i suppose what you've learned this week
1: yeah so there's obviously a wealth of information out there as we've touched on dave and you know um we've come across lots of these different platforms which say um, you know this is a great AI tool this is a great AI tool so some of the top ones i put down this week were opus.pro which is uh, for maximizing your youtube um, videos magic form which is an ai sales chatbot which you know just promotes um on your website and interacts as a human and helps people to try and uh, understand what your product is a little bit more and then we'll either try and sell you it by going straight to a link or not um, or getting you service from uh, an actual human um, which will then send you a message and you'll contact someone um and monic.ai, which is exams and You know, you put any sort of exam content in there, it will give you flashcards. Fast Reply is something around Twitter, similar to Chatsonic that we've got on ours. You know, if you want to select the tone of a reply and set certain things, it will do automatically. Runway, which was text to video and, um, you know, typing something in and then it starts to create a video for you. Mixo was a website creator. Um, which I had a look at, and um, I I liked the the sound of that. Sound Draw, which was one around creating your own royalty-free music um, for any of your social media platforms, so it will create you things that are completely unique, which is uh, quite impressive. And then Versi was a virtual environment for people who probably redesign spaces, but that's probably something that's been around a long time. But the one I, I settled on was Munch which is this social media creator, um, which is, is quite easy to access. It's one of those that you can just join through your um, email. And um, what I did was it either asked you to link to a video that you've got from your social media or um, upload an original that you've already got. So I, as you know, I, I produce these short form videos around coaching and they're animated with voiceovers, uh, which provide people who are uh, beginner football coaches, some information about what they could do uh, as a practice. So usually these sessions would have three practices in them for people to have a go at. Uh, what Munch does is if you put this um, video in and then you select the, the platform types you want it to be on. So when I pick mine, I put LinkedIn and YouTube. I don't know why I put LinkedIn. That was a bit daft. Um, I don't think LinkedIn is the real social media platform for this. Um, and then it produces your nine videos. So nine videos of all different lengths. And it picks out the key content that they think is required. It subtitles it. And then it gives you a score of what's trending. So, you know, if you're putting it on the YouTube channel, what's trending and how it will fit that um, trend. Uh, and it will also give you the coherence. So when it chops it up, does this make sense? And it will say high, medium or low so uh if you go to a low one and you click on it and i I did it a couple of times 18 seconds i was like what the hell is this doesn't make any sense at all to me um so but when i went to the more longer ones so my videos on average are three minutes this was a one minute 18. it gave you the key overview of what it was how it progressed that sort of information um but the, the, the challenge i found with munch was um, I, I don't want to invest in it you know it's um or early days and they want you to pay 39 dollars a month um now i haven't looked in to see if it's something you can cancel at any time but 39 dollars a month and you only get one trial um for me didn't seem right so i, I want to see if it's inconsistent like i experienced one video good out of nine the, the other eight a bit low coherence don't really it make a
0: limit to how many videos you can produce each month if you've got the subscription
1: um i would have to check that i think it did say you can only have a certain amount of videos as well which you know if you go for the premium service which is obviously more money it's then um you know a lot of money unless you are a social media influencer. Well, I imagine if you've got some sort of, um, you know, advertising on your platforms, you might recuperate money back um, because you're getting paid for your content. As someone who's just trying to share knowledge uh, on, a, on YouTube and TikTok and LinkedIn, I just wanted to make it more tailored for that individual market yeah. because to try and do that as someone um, who's not tech-savvy, Mm. Um, is a long-winded process it takes time and um, where if you go well actually if i can set it up and go that's a youtube short that's a TikTok under a minute that's a twitter that's an instagram and this one will then link to facebook for others
0: And what, if, it, so if it yeah go on what does it so the videos then so what what's it generating it from just just so if i post yeah, if itself. I,
1: well if it, it's got two Version. So you can say you've got a YouTube video. Um, so I've got some YouTube videos on my platform uh, of these football coaching sessions. I can drop the link in there and it will take the link and chop it up. Or I can upload a video um, that I've already created and it will process that and then chop that up into what it thinks the key messages are. Um, but I wanted to have a bit more of a try before you buy. Before you know, going, I'm going to invest a little bit of money in seeing yeah. if because if I'm trying to grow more followers and I think this is the format that it's in that will help with the SEO keywords, that type of stuff, then you know it's worth the investment because you can grow more people. But if it's not, then you know, why am I spending money on something that's not quite the finished product just yet? Um, yeah. so it's one of those i've i've wrote to them and i've said look the thing is with this i really like the idea but one trial is not enough to make a decision on whether to purchase or not yeah. um is there any scope to have a few more goes to see what the consistency level is of the output so i can understand it because as i said i made an error in picking linkedin why I pick linkedin if i've got tiktok yeah. and other things to choose from so um hopefully they'll come back to me and give me that because then this is one of those ones where I think has legs for people who are interested in utilizing their content to make it more accessible for a variety of different people, but also meets that platform's algorithms in a way um, for yeah. you. So it, it does a lot of that legwork around keywords and how you get it to feature higher in the for you element of the, yeah. the, you know, the platform. So I'm hoping that they'll come back and say, look, you can have a couple more goes or they'll give you a free trial because usually you think a week's free trial gives someone the opportunity to, to try some things. And as long as it's Munch branded, anything you post, you still would, there'd be a benefit for them. So um, it'll be interesting because if one of those that I'd like to come back and feedback on in a future pod and say, you know what? Um, this is one that's really worthwhile because yeah. it is a time saver. It does chop it up into a level of coherence that meets the, the platform's algorithm needs. And more importantly, you've seen growth from your followers. Uh, yep. So you can then reach more people.
0: Would you be willing to share on social media the output that it's done now? And then maybe we could do like a before and after type. Um, test to see kind of you know how it worked or what it looks like
1: um i didn't promote that video dave because of the low coherence that that's why because i didn't want to put it out there because it didn't make sense the one video made sense but it was for linkedin and i thought well if i'm going to stick something on linkedin i might as well stick one of my original ones on there because it makes more sense and this is why I'm hoping that they'll come back to me and say, okay, you can have another stab at it, mm. but, you know, because of one off what on a platform that, you know, nothing of, and you're just exploring, you would think at least give people an opportunity to make some errors and then have another go before you start asking for money. Um, and I think this is for any AI, I know they've got a lot of upfront costs. And they've got to invest a lot of time and effort in producing things. But you you're almost wanting them to say um look we can support you better uh and we can explain it because there are a lot of lay people you know like myself out there who want to understand this more and see value in it and we're not all going to be experts we're not all going to be yeah. able to understand everything straight away and how to maximize it so i think they need to almost factor that in you know and I don't know how they would do it because if they're worried that someone who's an expert is going to get lots of free usage a week's free usage is not really going to make a uh, that much of a difference and i would be coming on this talking or stolen its virtues going wow you've got to get this it's amazing because i do think it's got the capacity to be amazing um, for someone who just wants to go, there's a video, chop it up, mm. edit across these platforms, let's see if the numbers grow. So, as soon as I have further feedback on the numbers, if it does take it from you know what they currently are, which yeah. are under the in the hundreds rather than where I'd like them to be. Uh, and also, you know, one of my big things, as you would know, is trying to share this with the Indian community because i I think it's a growing football community, and then soccer coaches in Canada. Uh, America, Australia, it's about trying to share this with them. If then you can reach out to their platforms, because I, I think that the, the big thing is people like the content, they don't know it exists. And it's yeah, about trying it's finding to it. Yeah. yeah, it's about trying to present it in a way that's um, palatable to this variety of different markets in the language that they want with keywords and SEO. because. Um, seo seems to be a big part of these social media platforms now around getting it in front of the people that would benefit from it
0: most yeah uh, uh, oh, it would be interesting to see what they come back with it. i suppose one thing that does come to mind is maybe the processing power that's used for it is just so maybe not intent well mainly intensive and that's why the, the limit what you can you know when mm. you get in money i suppose but yeah, it'd be interesting if you can share what they come back with um, in future episodes. Hopefully, this week we can kind of dig a bit deeper. But oh, right, oh, yeah. that's. And um, what we will do as well, your list of tools that caught your eye, we'll put that out in the show notes as well, so people can actually yeah. have a look for it themselves. Um, and also, they could probably give Munch a, t- a, a test run as well and see how it works for them. So if anyone does have any comments uh, or has a go at using it and then finds you know anything new that Simon didn't see or anything like that, please feedback to, to be interested to hear. All yeah, right. Yeah, perfect. I suppose my what I've learned this week is more of a a website or a platform rather than mm. a specific tool. So that uh website platform is something called deeplearning.ai. Um okay. so what this is is, and I'm I'm quoting off there about us. So they're an education technology company um, that in some ways helps people to um, get into the world of AI, but also provides quite a lot of free training and guidance on AI itself. So for example, they've got a a newsletter called The Batch. Um, They have updates on kind of um, what's happening in the world of AI. Um, They also do events. Um, at the moment, it's quite heavily focused on the US, but they are looking to do more events around the world. Um, and then as well as that, they have online courses that you can do. Now, these are the bits that I suppose that jumped out to me and are things that I've kind of started to look at. So the first one that I've started um, is, well, the name of it, it's called ChatGBT Prompt Engineering for Developers. Now, yeah. I wouldn't call myself a developer, um, but I'm probably halfway through this now. Um, but I found it fairly understandable. The one thing that it has made me do and go away and, and actually start to work on was this teaches you how you can do more than just say use ChatGBT. So it tells you how you can actually use the AI APIs to actually. Um, get more out of the the AI engine itself. Now, this all might sound quite complicated, but the course actually guides you through most of this. The one thing that I had to do do myself was find a way of doing coding using Python. Um, Again, not to get too technical with this, but this is kind of how you can actually start to create um, applications, and also do a lot more than just use the chat interface. So Python is a, a programming language, but it's it's fairly natural language in that it's the coding is it seems fairly straightforward from what I can see. Admittedly, all I'm doing is copy and pasting from the course itself. But what it allows you to do is to utilize OpenAI's uh, G- uh, GBT4, and um, previous to that, the, uh, the three, you can actually use the AI processing from there, so you can tell it to do things. Now, the examples they give it—it it kind of guides you through the processes of how you how you integrate with it. Um, you can also tell it to do more than you would if you were just doing using the chat uh, GBT interface. Um, you can also express kind of how you want uh, the results to be fed back to you. So if you want longer responses or short, um, the level of clarity, anything like that. So in some respects, what it teaches you is how you can kind of code to talk to to use the GBT4 technology. Mm. Now, as I say, I'm halfway through this. I'm nowhere near (laughs) anything. But I'll be honest, this is the kind of bit where I've been scratching my head going, how are these people doing this? this yeah. is what they're doing so in the cases of things like um i suppose again bringing up dr Gu- gupta what dr gupta is doing is behind the scenes when you ask it questions it's using this kind of interface um mm. that's written in python to actually do the actual um the legwork if that makes sense so th- this is where you can kind of start to get a picture of how you could build, like, your own AI tool, really. Now, oh, again, wow. I'm very early on in this process, mm. but this is kind of a, as good a starting point as I've seen in this. It literally guides you through what you need to do. Uh, as I said, there's still a lot of work you'd have to do around it to get your head around. So, like, for example, one of the kind of things it assumes is you know how to kind of code using Python. I didn't um Mm -hmm. so i had to spend a fair bit of time watching like youtube videos seeing how what interface to use um and all stuff like that but once you've got that hurdle (laughs) you know get over that one actually the course itself is actually really quite straightforward and they literally just share code and there's loads of other stuff i've obviously gone after the one that kind of jumped out at me first and said i'd like to do that course but there's loads of other courses on here, and it, the way they structure it is into it's through like introductory courses, intermediate, um, and then advanced. So I think the one I'm on is probably between intermediate and advanced. But there's okay. simple, there's really good ones to start with. So one of the other courses that jumped out is the AI for Everyone course. So in total, it's six hours. The one I'm doing is only an hour. But this covers literally anything that you want to know or want to get your head around in terms of AI. So it's things like, um, what is machine learning? What is data? The terminology of AI. um, What machine learning can and can't do. um, And then they talk about how you can build AI projects. So how you build workflows using machine learning. um, How you could potentially start to use AI in your day-to-day life in work or in play and then also an overlook at AI in society and things like that so it's it's a pretty powerful tool that you can do and, a, and the key thing is it's free so you That's can amazing. actually come on here yeah it's it's incredible and in terms of the people that do the courses the instructors and stuff like that and the people that wrote the courses you're dealing with like some of the world's experts in AI um, so the guy that kind of runs the websites a Gentleman by the name of Andrew. Don't know how the correct way to pronounce his surname, but it's Ng. So Eng. I'm, I'm not quite sure. He, uh, I think, works at Stanford University mm. and is one of the world's leaders on um, AI. So he runs. Um, he he creates most of the content. And um, there is other people that help him on some of the other courses. But it's yeah, it's a completely free resource. Um, and as I said, it, it's, it's definitely worth having a look at this. Even just, even if you just sign up for their AI AI newsletter, it seems pretty comprehensive. You don't need to be an AI expert to understand most of this. It it, it is still done at a level that you could um, you could understand. Obviously, if you do want to increase your knowledge and do more complicated stuff, there is the capability to do that. But generally, there's there's content here for everyone. So, as I say, I'd recommend um, having a look at it. Also the events that they're planning on doing. I mentioned that they do do kind of events on a regular basis. If you have a look at the website, you'll see they seem to be doing events all over the world or planning to do them. And um, so you might find there's an event close to you that may be of interest. I think they've done quite a lot of content online, uh, like using Zoom and stuff like that. But I think their plan is, is in the next 12 months to actually do stuff face to face. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting resource. And, and it's something that you can kind of do a lot with or, or just kind of like I'm doing at the moment is maybe do one course and then keep up to date with AI through their newsletter. So, yeah, I definitely recommend everyone have a look at it. Again, I'll put links to it in the in the show notes. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it just stood out to me. I don't. It's the first time I've ever seen it, actually. I just came across it on Twitter. But it's it's worth having a look at.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm on there now, though, and um, it's yeah. pretty comprehensive. Yeah, and it's the sort of thing I've been looking for as you know one of these I would say I'm an AI hobbyist now it's something yeah. I've got a keen interest in so be to being able to um, you know complete additional learning and training at your own pace yeah. um, around the topics that you're interested in that is you know a really useful tool I think that that's um, something that I'm a uh, really going to look into. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. I'm just trying to find how you sign up for the newsletter to um, um... if you just yeah
0: if you just go on the on the home page um and then it says the batch at the top. Um if you just highlight or move your cursor out the mouse over the where it says the batch, you'll see a drop down it'll say the AI newsletter and that's it there. So it's it's just called the batch. But you can also you can have a look at their past stories they've done. So they've done stuff around the record industry and AI. Um, how, there's I'm looking at a story here about how AI kingpin's lost in chatbots, Microsoft cuts, ethics squads, AI creates the news and training robots in the real world. So there's, there's there a multitude of different topics here. Um, and it's all quite, um, it looks like it's a, a weekly newsletter so you don't, you're not gonna get bombarded with lots of emails.
1: Yeah, which is quite nice because it allows you opportunities to then deal, you know, delve into things without being overwhelmed and get that fear of missing out, you
0: know, the FOMO bit. (laughs) Yeah, but it's as I say, I the bit that jumped out to me is that how are these people actually building these apps to do stuff? And this seems to be what that course does. So I'd be be quite interested in in looking at the other bit that I not really looked at in much detail is there seems to be quite a focus on how to build a career in the whole ai space so there's a brilliant from what i can see flicking through it um ebook a free ebook which you can download which literally guides you through the process of how to find jobs in in ai so it talks you through um how you can learn about ai then the kind of projects you could get involved in and then also the type of jobs you could get off the back of that so it's yeah, it, it's, it's, it's incredible that this is all free. So uh, yeah, I'd say at this major, lap it up, really.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it could change quite quickly in the future that they say, right, you know, we, we don't want to share this for free anymore. So I think for a lot of us who are in this situation and just want to learn, it's, it's great to have such a, a, an amazing resource at your fingertips to just chip away. Uh, because I think linking back to my thing around Munch if I had a little bit more foundational knowledge around AI and how to utilize it, um, I probably would be able to use much more effectively and these other platforms as well because I've just got that um, little bit more understanding of what's going on in the background and how to, you know, sort of talk to this machine learning and, you know, how to maximize the, the input of that. So, no, that's excellent, Dave. Thanks for sharing
0: that. No problem at all. Well, thank you again, Simon, for joining me. Um, we'll, as I said earlier, we'll we'll send out in the show notes all the links, all the things we've covered today. Again, if you've got any questions, go to our website, artificiallyspeaking.org, and you can see how you can get in touch with us. Um, but as I said, if you have got questions, please give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. But till next time, um, we'll see you again soon.